This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Reddit likes this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 589, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Several ways that you can listen to this. You can go on Apple Music, you can go on Spotify, you can go on Google Play. Make sure you uh, listen there, and also rate, review, and subscribe, because we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 You can email us at out one at gmail.com and buy our merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Um, we have to thank, because we haven't thanked them in a very, very long time. And I realize this because I did the outro for this podcast yesterday. So now today we're going to do the intro. Is We have to thank Nick Patocho. For our wonderful logo, we have to thank Ring of Rope Rebellion for our theme music. So, uh, you know, Ring of Rope Rebellion still thing. I think they got uh, tagged uh, by somebody last year for that Dolph Ziggler uh, song, which was fantastic. So, anyway, yeah, good brothers. That's it. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, Brandon, unfortunately, is not here this week and was a subject to a great picture of the week, but we were denied. So, you can follow him. At BTTG161. And as you heard, we're here with Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at DavidDPDT. I have it. <laughs> it is David PT DPT. And I am doing awesome. Chris, how are you? I am good. We saw each other last weekend, but the the week has just been busy with work and stuff like that. And enjoying yeah, time my, flies. Enjoy, yeah, I know. We had a great time. Um, oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about it in full detail coming up in a matter of moments, but it's just been work this week, and right now I came home to a gaggle of children in my house. I've locked myself in my bedroom and am podcasting from here instead of the uh, Marking Out Podcast Corner. That's now my desk. (laughs) So, Dave, what about yourself? What's going on this week? Oh, this week, brother, brother. Everything was uh, jam-packed, very busy. Uh, The highlight of the week was... You know, hanging out with you and uh, getting to go to and Anthony and getting to go to uh, good old um, Cap Creative yep. Pro. You know, it was just uh, a great time. And then the rest of the week, you know, we were supposed to get the huge thunderstorm that we got that, one today. Yeah, today, but like a few days ago, we were supposed to get a huge one, and then it barely anything happened. You oh know? yeah, that's right. So I mean, hey, if you were a weather person, then that's gonna be you. You had the best job ever. Yeah, you don't have to be right any of the, any of the time. No, not at all. What about you? How how was the rest of your week? I just told you how the rest of my week was. Well, what else did you end up doing? Nothing. I worked this week. That was it. Um, yeah, I ate I Mexican food two days in a row. You didn't what? I ate Mexican food two days in a row, which is fantastic. All right, there you Mo's go. Mo's and curbside. Um, yeah, curbside in uh, South Hempstead, Rockville Center area. Definitely, if you're on Long Island, check that place out. Rules. Um, but last weekend, we ate more Mexican food because even before we went to Cap, the Grand Stage, we went to. I got we got to give a shout out to this place, Lucharitos in Melville, New York. If you are a mark and you like professional wrestling, this is like the restaurant for you uh, because it was just it was a Mexican restaurant and everything was lucha libre inspired. Which was the Dave had a drink called the Mysterio. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was just a really really cool atmosphere. And the food was delicious. Oh yeah, the wings were great. The tacos were awesome. The yeah. margaritas, man. Oh, those margaritas were delicious and I mean, I had a burrito and usually when you go to a place you have get a burrito and it's just like you have half of it when they overstuff it. Half of it's coming out the backside yeah. of it. Uh, the the tortilla shell itself starts to break and rip open. Yeah. But this one, they grilled it all the way around, and it was nice and crispy to a T. Perfect. Yeah. Real, real fun. It was a great time. Lucharitos. I want to go back. So that technically means I've had Mexican food three out of the past seven days of my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, count I it. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's getting to be barbecue season, so I should start getting, like, barbecue mode, but I'm just not there yet for some reason. Hey, um, some Mexican food is delicious. I mean, you can't yeah. deny it sometimes. And recently, going to Mexican places, I've been in a big taco kick. So, uh, but the place I went to, I had tacos. Oh, what did I get last night from Moe's? Oh, I just I got, a, like, those crunch wrap things that they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a couple of those. But anyway, I digress about Mexican food. That'll be like, oh, we talk about this, we talk about that, and more like hashtag Mexican food. So before we get into our fun talk of uh, going to independent wrestling this weekend, there has been some extremely, extremely big news in the world of the WWE as Monday Night Raw, you know, things are going on in Monday Night Raw. Everyone's, you know, getting their act together. But, like, uh, WWE, apparently it was supposed to be a six-pack challenge. Dave, am I right about this? Yes, on the main event. Yeah, on the main event, which didn't happen, and WWE then sends out a tweet later that evening that says, "When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw." It's like one of those like scrolly gimmicks for Instagram. The next slide says. During the broadcast, they walked into head of talent relations John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team champion belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. Another slate. Even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed that they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, For uh, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequences. Monday Night Raw is a scripted TV, live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret that we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. So there's a lot to break down in that Instagram post. First oh, yeah. of all, like I think any scheething wrestling fan out there is just said to themselves, kayfabe is so dead. Oh my goodness. With them <laughs> saying that is it a scripted live television show. I think that's the first time ever that they refer to it as something scripted. Second, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something to take away from there that it's about being scripted. Second off, apparently there was an issue. Naomi and Sasha Banks walked out. Because they weren't comfortable with two people in their match. And WWE, like, I feel like WWE would never, like, put this out there. Yeah, that's the th- that's where I'm still s- suspicious of it all. I'm still very cautious of it all. You know, I still don't buy into it 100%. Um, you know, just like you said, usually WWE will not make a statement like this in such a manner 
it could be a way to get fans further supporting them. Um, even though not necessary, but it is a maneuver that could be done. But yeah, to throw down your titles and say that you're not comfortable with this. So like, what was going to happen was Noemi, uh, Naomi was supposed to win the matchup. Allegedly. Allegedly. And then go to Hell in a Cell and lose to Bianca Belair. And then um, uh, Sasha Banks was supposed to lose to Ronda Rousey. And they were saying how they just don't respect the titles. They don't respect them. Threw that as titles. Left. I don't know what to buy with. Especially when they mentioned that the two individuals in the ring they weren't comfortable with. But the two the people that they were wrestling were veterans. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they were facing Cameron. You know? <laughs> they weren't facing Cameron Eva Marie as a tag. Did you see that Like somebody interviewed Ariana Andrews about that whole situation? Like, what oh, does her, no. uh, her old tag team partner of, like, ten years ago think about, you know, her walking out? Um, but it's an, it's an interesting situation. It is. Because, A, like, I, I don't think, even, like, with the CM Punk stuff, how he just walked out, they never mentioned anything like that. Like, are they trying to put them on blast to make them, like, I, I, don't, I don't understand here. So it's like, only time will kind of tell. Yeah, it you seems know? like... We're not gonna talk like we're not gonna talk about it this week, but like SmackDown tonight's probably gonna be a little must watch because people want to see if Sasha Banks and Naomi are gonna show up there, or if this is all swept under the rug. Are they home now? Like, what's the the deal with the women's tag team titles? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm looking at notes right now because it's gonna be done already, but apparently both of them are not at SmackDown backstage. Okay. You know, but and apparently their both of their contracts are due to expire within the next two months. Okay. So who knows? The big thing is like this I mean, of course, if this is true and stuff, good for them for standing up for themselves. Of yeah. course. For you sure. Know, that's 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 awesome. And hopefully maybe this is the start of a time where pro wrestlers start to stand up to themselves, not just to WWE, but to pro wrestling, the pro wrestling industry in general, to all promotions, all uh, bookers, just standing up for themselves because uh, pro wrestlers don't have a union, which sucks because they get so manipulated and used and spit out and treated like garbage just to make money for that person hiring them for the night. Yeah. Uh, They're treated as independent contractors so who knows? Maybe this is going to open up a floodgate for so much more to take place. The thing is also, with it being a floodgate, what's next? I mean, what's not to say the next person who's unhappy with their contract is not going to say, you know what? I'm walking out on you. Yeah, for you know? sure. Go ahead. Sue me. I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. Who's to say, right? So, uh, yeah. well, you know, this will be a whole situation that, you know, th- there will be more pages to this story before ultimately either like they're gone or Sasha Banks just you know both they try to throw more money at him to you know stay with them yeah so but also too it's the fact that Sasha Banks is one of those superstars that's kind of transcending wrestling you know they're they're kind of in my opinion they're trying to make Roman Reigns that next like huge star but mm-hmm. little did you know like Sasha Banks going out there and doing the work yeah you know she's on the Mandalorian she has a figure through the Mandalorian through Star Wars, oh, like wow. action figure through there. So she's like kind of doing the thing, but she doesn't get the, the I don't want to say she doesn't get the recognition she deserves. No, not at all. But yeah, you could, yeah, you could say that totally. She definitely doesn't. I mean, they've never really played that up at all. Nah. 
you know, and it's it's just wild. It's I mean, you have so many people saying that it's unprofessional, but on the other hand, if you're being harassed and not harassed, but if you're not being used to your potential, if you're if the contract is being just mentally breaking you and you know, if you're having such a difficult time then why should you remain silent and just go through uh what you signed up for if you weren't aware or maybe you just didn't think of all this all whatever is taking place was going to take place you know it's it's unfortunate because hopefully these wrestlers do have a way out at some point from these um clad con ironclad contracts yeah for sure absolutely uh not only did we have the exit this week of Sasha Banks and Naomi, uh, Stephanie McMahon tweeted out yesterday, as of tomorrow, I am taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for, uh, for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time off to focus on my family. So, Stephanie McMahon now, gone. I mean, she's probably going to be... It should, it should, I'm assuming she probably won't be at live TV. She won't be on the road, everything like that. I guess she's taking a step back after, you know, last year, Triple H had all these, uh, you know, health issues and whatnot. So yeah. maybe it's her time. Hey, listen, maybe I should go home and focus my focus uh, on my family, stuff like that. Good for her. Awesome. I, I agree. You know, good for her with doing that, with taking the time to focus on her family, you know, especially with being on the road so often or being just work period so often. Uh, it takes a lot of time away from the family. But now what's the difference with her putting this out and the difference with Sasha Banks and, and uh, Naomi, you know? Quote-unquote professionalism. Yeah. You know, they, and uh, on Raw they said, you know, uh, 100%, I'm, and also too, it's her father's company. Yeah. You know who's going to become the chief brand officer now? Brandon. It's going to be the chief brandy officer. Brandy Rose is coming back to WWE. She's going to be the new brand officer. The other brand, Brandy, yeah. <laughs> not Brandon. No, not imagine Brandon. <laughs> and I had, and I said it. I had a great picture of the week that had Brandon that said like, when Brandon came to this week's episode of Marking Out, we told him the topics that were being discussed, and we it got shot down. It was great. Yeah, but it's one of those things where we also like don't want to make light of everything. Why and, not? You know, well because I it's, know, it's... but yeah. The, I know, folk, don't focus on the negatives. Focus on the positives. So. Yeah, you know, hopefully everything just. Works out with everyone, period. Yeah, you know, for sure. no, it's it's one of those things where nobody wants to see any harm or any negativity with anybody. So hopefully everybody, whether it's Stephanie, Naomi, Sasha, hopefully everybody's just doing well and doing what they want to do. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Uh, next up, uh, now we can talk about it, the fun stuff that we did. I mean, we had to talk about top Lucharitos and whatnot. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah. Creative Pro Wrestling, the grand stage at All Star uh, All Sports in Melville. Uh, great, great event. It was our first event that we went to since GCW last year. Wow, I know. And so it was. It was nice compared to back then because going to just in general with uh, the pandemic and everything, going to this event had such a different feeling yeah. compared to last year when we went. And we were like, didn't know if we should wear masks. And and then even after the event, we were like, crap, we should have probably worn masks the entire time that we were there. Yeah. And we opted not to. Um, and then you go to this one, and it's totally back to pretty much normal, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
So it was very refreshing to that manner. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, and you kicked off the show with a fun match as the, we have new Korean Pro Tag Team Champions, Smart Mark Sterling and Swaggle, better known as Better Call Small, uh, defeated the in, the cap t, uh, Tag Team Champions in Jack Tomlinson and Dante Drago. So uh, cool that, you know, Smart Mark's one of those guys that trained at, trained at Korean Pro and now he gets to come back with the tag team titles, especially with a name like Swaggle. Yeah, it's great. And Swaggle, uh, Swaggle was fun to watch, man. Oh yeah, and what's funny is like Mark Sterling. You see him on AEW and he's a heel, but then over here it's like his hometown crowd and he's total face. I know. I think you said that too. You're like, wait, he's a baby face here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a, uh, I don't know. I I feel like it's such a change of uh, everything with that crowd. I know. And, um, but the fun the fun part is is because I you know I pay attention to the major wrestling figure podcast and seeing him like how much of a baby face he is there then he goes to w, he goes to AEW and he's like this heel scumbag lawyer it's like it's just it's awesome it's so cool yeah and he was wearing his neck brace yeah yeah that was funny that was very yeah. good uh, after this I forget like the order of things but you had Aaron Rook successfully uh, keep his cap tv championship against vsk bear bronson and bobby orlando a uh, fun four-way match with uh, a bunch of guys that are you know making their names on the independence they're on AEW, they're on impact and nwa and aew so it's very cool they put on a fun four-way match all of them very talented yeah no that was it was just fast pace and it was just a lot of fun to see that match yeah uh, you had Max Caster pick up the victory over Joey Avalon. Max Caster super over at uh, at Creative Pro, which was a good match. And first time seeing Joey Avalon. I know he's out of the Wisconsin area, so it was kind of cool to see him in person. Yeah, yeah. Pat Buck picked up a victory over Slade in a Long Island street fight. Pat Buck making his return to Creative Pro uh, after his nice stint with WWE, now with AEW. A hard hitting match with uh, a guy. Again, Slade making his name in the Northeast. I think he's it in Tournament of Survival this year, which is crazy. Um, against uh, you know a, guy, a seasoned veteran of fifteen years. No, twenty. Like no, Pat Buck's been in like for like thirty freaking years. Crazy. Yeah, a while. Yeah, long time. So, uh, match that we all really looked forward to is the Dark Orders. John Silver and Alex Reynolds picked up the victory over the major players, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. Uh, what can we say about the Beaver Boys, the Dark Order, uh, that we haven't said before on this podcast? You know, love them. We've been watching them for for about eleven years already. I watched John. I say this all the time. I watched John Silver and Sammy Callahan tear it up in the NYWC Sportatorium in like 2011, and he's still crushing it, and he's still good. Maybe even better. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, these are, I mean, some of the, some of my favorite matches that I've ever seen live have been Alex Reynolds versus Tony Nese, you know, so, and John Silver versus like Apollyon and all of like, so just to see them still grinding it out and still being so entertaining as they are, as entertaining as they are, it was awesome. I mean, then you put them in the ring with uh, Cardona and Brian and it's also, it's just you know that you're going to have a great match. Yeah, absolutely. I've been. They just released Matt and Brian's uh, theme music on Apple Music today, like their tag team music, and mm-hmm. it, I've been listening to it all day and just being a freaking mark. It's like, yeah, these guys are awesome. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, 
it was so funny that we tried to start a happy birthday chant for Matt. It was it was Matt's birthday that night, and he just looks around and starts flipping everybody off. I was like, this is great. <laughs> what no, a, it, what a yeah. heel. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just like, I mean, it was awesome because we also got to uh, say hi and talk to them a little bit after, like in between the intermission. Yeah. You know, and that was it's just incredible to be able to just talk to them and everything like that. And I mean, I'm, I'm at that, I'm a total mark, you know, I used to be one of those people where I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to take a picture because it's, you know, we do a podcast. It's probably like unprofessional to take a picture. Yeah. No, forget that. I got too many regrets from PWS and Russell pro of not taking pics. So I, I got a picture with silver and Reynolds. We got a picture with, uh, with uh, Cardona. Got a picture with Brian and Max Max Caster, Max Max Caster, and it was just incredible. It's, it was just a I don't know, it was just a nice, good, event and time. We also got to see the first independent appearance of Hook as he had a nice little uh, in ring, uh, you could say vignette promo thing with Carlo Vice. Uh, little 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 uh, ditty. I I did not see the in ring debut. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I made sure I saw it. I forgot who I was talking to. I'm like, listen, I have to stop. I have to watch Hook. Yeah, I was talking to. I think I thought I was talking to you. No, I I, I watched Hook. I had to watch Hook because my daughter told me I had to watch Hook. You were watching Hook. I I may have been texting someone or trying to figure out how to get the texting through because I remember hearing the theme song, and then I looked up, and nothing was happening. Happening, and I looked at you. And I'm like, is it over already? Yeah. Like yeah, I missed all of it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's good. We'll see. We'll see. Hook more. Hopefully. Um, one of my, I think my favorite match of the night, uh, was Chris Datlander, uh, picking up the victory over Sierra and Chelsea Green. Awesome, women's wrestling match. Um, everybody shined in this match. Chelsea had that nice spot off the top rope that like some photographer took an outstanding photo of. Um, and Chris Datlander is a freaking beast, man. Yeah, no, that was an awesome match. You know, Chris Statlander won me over with that match versus uh, Britt Baker. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've been a fan. And this match was was great too. You know, it was a ton of fun. Just gonna say, we got to meet Chelsea Green too. My like Chelsea Cardona. Chel- I guess. Oh, it's still Chelsea Green. <laughs> Chelsea Green, the coolest. You know? If you anybody want to listen to this podcast, gets a chance to meet Chelsea Green. She is super nice. She signed an eight by ten for my daughter because we call my daughter a hot mess. I'm like, hey, listen. <laughs> I'm like, can you make an autograph out to my daughter? We call her Hot Mess. She's like, all right, great. And then the next day, I went back to Creator Pro and showed her the picture of Maddie with the Hot Mess 8x10. And she's just like, wow, your daughter has sass. I'm like, that's right, Chelsea. So nah. awesome. She's, she seemed like such a nice person, like yeah, just talking, super you know? Cool. Yeah. I, I, I had to apologize to her about I. I met, so I've always said, me and Matt have a mutual friend. We had his wedding last year. I met Chelsea. I was a drunk moron. I had to apologize for being a drunk moron. So I'll take full responsibility. She's like, you, she's like, you were? I'm like, okay, sweet. Hey, but she did get that last lick in there. She did get that back rake on you. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. So <laughs> um, that I vaguely remember too. Uh, but it happens, apparently. Next up, you had the uh, King of Cap Battle Royal, uh, which saw Brandon Walker from Wrestling. Rest- which then got canceled on Monday, which I'm so bummed about. But uh, the winner of the King of the Battle Royal was Vargas. Very, like, Umaga-like gimmick, but you got to see the Even Stevens in there. Uh, our buddy DJ Fat Pat, Fat Pat Fitzpatrick was in the match. Um, Shoes, Captain Shoes was in there, super over. Apparently he's over with the Barstool uh, world now. 
So, yeah, uh, yeah, fun, uh, fun battle royal. But Vargas wins. He's now the uh, king of creator pro. And your main event of the evening saw a new creator pro champion in Rice Donovan picking up the victory over creator pro champion Eric James. You saw the reuniting of the Shook crew in the ring with this too. You saw the. Uh, it was uh, it was fun. It was a great match, and Bryce Donovan coming over a lot of obstacles over the past couple of months. He uh, punctured his lung, or like, uh, so he was in the hospital for that. Comes back and uh, wins the Creator Pro Championship for uh, maybe you could say one of the best wrestling schools on Long Island. So that's a, a big uh, piece of uh, faith that uh, Creator Pro management has in uh, Bryce Donovan. So awesome. Yeah, you know that what a recovery from everything that he went through. So congratulations and. That, that's just it was awesome and it's cool to see Shook crew reunite for that too yeah which is very which is very awesome so uh, all in all a great night of professional wrestling at Melville and I know Dave wasn't there but he's gonna hang out with me for a couple of minutes while I run down the next night we went to FWF live 3 me salute and uh, the man that got us our front row seats Shawnee Caulfield so we gotta give him props um, if you're unfamiliar with FWF, it started off as a podcast that was six months of rebooking the Attitude Era in action figure form. Uh, it's really great stuff. If you have time to listen to a podcast from start to finish, it's four weeks, then a pay-per-view, then four more weeks, and it's six months. It's outstanding stuff if, you want, if you're a wrestling fan. Um, which then morphed into a live show that was done twice on a close set. And now this is the first time they're doing it in front of live people. It was uh, live on Fight TV. Uh, a little uh, pre-show action as Vargas picked up the victory over Dr. Cool. Do- we saw Dr. Cool. He was in that battle royal the night before. Ah. Yeah. Um, you had the new FBI of Johnny Clash, who is also the producer and host of the Game Marks podcast. And his tag team partner, Little Guido... Picked up a victory over Eric James and Jack Tomlinson. Uh, post-match, you had the Sandman make his way in. Uh, he poured a beer in my mouth. Yeah, and salute. Uh, having the... Uh, being one of the very few people in that crowd, period, to say no to I, Sandman. I... I... Th- that's like a Mark Dream right there. The Sandman poured a beer in your mouth? Oh, yeah. That, and I did yeah. it at 37 years old. Was it smart of me to do? Probably not. <laughs> um, you know, both both you and Sal coming out of this, say, getting, like, really huge props. I mean, you getting to drink the beer, and Sal not drinking the beer. <laughs> mm. I know. It was awesome. But the same man comes out, cleans house, everybody goes home happy. Um, the next match was supposed to be Brian Myers versus Rapid Delivery Rory Fox. But, unfortunately, a couple weeks ago on an independent show, Rory Fox heard his quadricep, allegedly. I think. Um, so he was unable to perform. However, he did send a replacement, and that being the one Teddy Goods. You saw him on AEW recently. You saw him on WWE recently. You saw him on staple of the Northeast wrestling scene. He's in Beyond Wrestling a lot. Uh, Kojo's Toy World is his toy store. So what a perfect time against the uh, Scotty Pippen of professional wrestling against uh you know a toy store owner anyway brian myers picks up the win in two minutes teddy goods though is not done he says he's not leaving until somebody beats him someone takes him out of here then comes slade and beats him in six seconds (laughs) 
And he's, he's still not leaving. He's not getting out of here. And then who's the next person to show up? Maven. Then Maven beats him in 32 seconds. And he said he's not leaving until someone drags him out of here. And who drags him out of there? None other than the Big O. The Big O <laughs> then takes him, gives him Big O powers land, picks him up on his shoulder, and walks him to the back. Um, I thought this was a fun segment. This is something you would see on, like, a WWE house show. Yeah. Oh, I'm not leaving. Yeah, no one's going to pee me. And they, like, run out, like, four or five guys. I thought this was a fun segment and a way to, you know, kind of – Work with unfor- the unfortunate injury of rapid delivery Rory Fox. So it was very yeah, cool. get get a lot of people involved too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Get all the names in there. Uh, next up, you had Heath successfully defend his FWAF Interstate Championship. Yes, Dave, they have titles as well. Um, <laughs> against Aaron Rourke, Blake Christian, and Trey Miguel. So you got three kind of high fly guys against Heath, and Heath uh, managed to get the victory. It was very cool to see Trey Miguel and Blake Christian li- live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just in, it, I like the fact that Trey Miguel needed a little bit of a, a warm up in his match if you know what I mean uh oh so um, right at ringside but anyway it was fun it was great Heath uh, picking up the victory Heath's over but yeah baby <laughs> um, next up you had the J. George Open Challenge he comes out if, if you're not familiar with J. George he has this very like director bougie like character to him so he comes out with his uh, director's chair his henchman, and he's like, I, I challenge anybody to come out here. And who comes out? Nick Effin Gage. And Nick Gage comes out, does his thing, beats him up around the ring, breaks one of those uh, clapboards over his head. And it was, it was, I, I marked, I don't know why, but I marked out for it so hard. Well, I mean, uh, you, you are a mark for Nick Gage. Yes, I am. <laughs> but it's you know the, the dude's a the dude's a deathmatch legend, I so know. it's like I know that's not your style too. But like, and, and it was crazy to see the same people going nuts for Nick Gage that were booing him and booing him a year ago at the showboat. Yeah, wild, wild. That's but it was true. fun. He did his he did his shtick. He was pretty close to me. It was pretty awesome. I'm that's, not gonna, I'm not going to cool. complain. No, that's awesome. Next up, uh, this this guy's just having a great weekend. Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan, the Shook Crew, picked up the victory in a fatal four-way match for the FWF Tag Team titles as they picked up the victory over CPA, Philip Cardigan, and also Stang and Steve Believe, and also the main event, Jay Lyons and Midas Black. Uh, fun four-way tag team action. A bunch of budding stars on the independents on this show, and all of them were toyetic. You know, Jay Lyon was a shoot lion. Came out. Have you have you ever heard of the main event? No. Oh man, you have to you have to check them out. There, um, I believe they were in Beyond Wrestling for a hot minute. Okay. Um, but check them out. They're a lot of fun. Anyway, they went to go face the Headbangers, who are the FWF Tag Team Champions. But unfortunately, due to the New York Athletic Commission, Mosh had to be replaced by Scotty Too Hotty. So in 2022, I got to see the Headbangers wrestle and Scotty Too Hotty wrestle. That's, front row seats like mark stuff here man that's incredible you know was right did ryan join you too ryan yeah from filthy f and casuals no ryan wasn't with us that night unfortunately uh, he, he he was awesome too yeah, you know got a filthy, ryan doyle filth- off ffc you gotta shout him out yeah check out ryan and filthy f and casuals for yeah, sure it was uh so yeah that happens and then so but uh headbangers pick up headbangers pick up the win everybody dances in the ring afterwards <laughs> it was awesome. Everyone was doing the worm. 
Nice. It was awesome. Jay Lyon did the lion, I guess. Um, but it was fun. It, it, it was very fan, toyetic, fan-friendly stuff on this show. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had Deanna Perrazzo picking up the victory against Chelsea Green. It was a very, I thought it was a very technical match with Deanna picking up a, a quick roll-up for the win. So, great match between two awesome friends. Um, next up... In the longest match of the evening, you had Max Smashmaster defend his FWF Hardcore title and defeat Matt Cardona. Um, th- instead of using a bag of thumbtacks, they used a bag of Zack Ryder retros that Matt got slammed on. Um, they used doors. They used Max Smashmaster used uh, a ring apron hook. It was Matt used his dad to chop Max Smashmaster in the chest. It was awesome. There was a Bob Cardona chant. That's, it was so good. You know that it's that's just wild. You know, yeah, that's just wild. Were you able to get the Bob Cardona figure signed? No, I didn't get it signed. Uh, I totally free. Wasn't sitting next. To me. Yeah, I should. I should have brought it the night before. Yeah, when yeah. I saw him and he looked up to me. He goes, "It's Fallen Angel." I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm like, "This is awesome," but no, unfortunately, I didn't. Um, still got to get that signed though. But this is this is a fun match. Um, you had run-ins by Chelsea. You had run-ins by uh, Sunil One Eight Seven. To cause some distractions there, but Max Master Master uh, defends his title with a little green mist, and like it was like lime green puke mist. So it was fun. Uh, next match after this was a Mark Sterling rules match that he lost, as he lost to Effie. Uh, the stipulation in this match was if Effie wins, he gets a a new action figure in the Major Bendy's line. I don't know if you've seen these, Dave, but they're like. The old style like Bendem figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've seen them before. I saw, I saw what I saw the uh, the brand new one. The the Effie one. Yeah, the brand yeah, new Effie, Effie one. one. And if Mark Sterling won, he would have got a repainted his figure. Uh, and he tried everything he could. Used the Mark Sterling rules match. Apparently, he couldn't do schoolboys, and Mark tried to win the schoolboy. Uh, you know, there was a rule for everything, which I thought was funny. But Effie picked up the victory. You know, Effie and his pink spike jacket is very toyetic, as they like to say <laughs> in the business. Uh, after this was your main event as VSK successfully defended the FWF championship against Dirty Dango. This was a a, a fun match to watch. Uh, letting Johnny Curtis, Dango, Dirty Dango, Fandango do his thing in a wrestling ring against a guy who's maybe one of the top independent stars. You know, he's, I wouldn't say independent stars because he's on Impact. He's on NWA uh, in VSK. I thought it was a great match. I mean, the end did get a little controversial with the... Uh, crooked ref that was on VSK's side. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, I know. Right? Leo Sparrow, man, he's just, uh, just a, a crooked referee and uh, wouldn't count the pinfall. Ooh, for, that's uh... dirty. But anyway, you know who came to his aid? It came to Dirty Dango's aid after the match? Colt Cabana, dressed up like the Brooklyn Brawler, <laughs> challenging VSK to the FWF Championship at FWF Live 4. Uh, so all in all, it was a fun card. I know it's still on fight if you guys want to rent it and check it out. Um, but I really enjoyed myself. It was cool having front row seats to an independent event instead of sitting in the back. Um, So I highly recommend going to check that out. Uh, And that's it for right now because we're done. Dave, thanks for joining me for all the indie talk and the uh, opening talk and me having to do a lot more editing than I wanted to do. Yes, of course. Uh, Thank you for uh, recording this week and attending all these wrestling events, and thank you for inviting me to join for creative pro wrestling as well because i was getting very comfortable with 
sitting on the couch and still finding work to do. I know. Well, <laughs> it, well, that was a, a, a sh- da- unfortunately Damien from FFC was supposed to come with us, but he couldn't make it. So, um, wish him, get, yeah, wish him yeah, well. Get well soon. I, yeah. Um. And da, 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 da. yeah. And then I call Dave. I'm like, who do I want to call? I'm like, can't call this person. Can't. I'm like, let's call Dave. Dave, what are you doing? I'm glad I'm that low on your list. No, but I, I, I didn't think like I didn't say, "Hey, my kids will take them." No, we're, we're hanging out with. The, I, I don't think I didn't see Anthony without a beer in his hand that entire night. Oh yeah, the, and I would the like beer to was thank, flowing. And I would like to thank the people at All Sports for having the recognition to be like, "Hey, maybe we should just have a strolling beer cart all night long." clutch it was it was awesome it was like i turned around he's right there again it was like uh and we said it several times that night like um in the simpsons where the hot dog vendor just follows homer around for an episode lady he's putting my kids through college (laughs) and on that note we're gonna take a break and we'll be back well i'll be back to talk about the world of all elite wrestling here on marking out how are you a winner you're cheating in a fake sport fake Ridiculous. If professional wrestling were fake, that would make every fan in the history of the sport a complete and utter moron. And let's head over to the AEW portion of Warknet for this week. You kick it off with Rampage from the UBS Arena on Long Island, New York. You start off with Trio's action as the returning Death Triangle picks up the victory over the Butcher, the Blade, and Mark Quinn with the bunny on their side. Uh, this is the first time we saw the Death Triangle in a very, very long time. And everybody got their spots in. Everybody on both sides. The Butcher, the Blade, Mark Quinn got their spots. Mark Quinn, there was a sequence here with Ray Phoenix where he looked very, very good. Young talent being uh, brought in and, uh, you know, being able to show off in AEW. It was the Death Triangle that got the win with Pac hitting the Black Arrow. But then afterwards, the lights go out and you get the stare down between the House of Black who appears uh, and the Death Triangle. And the lights go out again and the House of Black is gone so you i'm assuming we're gonna get trios action going into double or nothing maybe on the buy-in whenever it's gonna be it's gonna be a match that's gonna completely slap next up very quick match with the chairman sean spears picking up the victory over bear boulder bear boulder you know got the, the the hands to the throat first but sean spears escapes and bear boulder hits a big power slam you're seeing this now, I guess, going towards their steel cage match in next week. Uh, you're going to see Sean Spears face a lot of larger men, and one of them being Bear Boulder. He picks up the win with the C4, and as he pins Bear Boulder, he screams out Wardlow. So then Spears uh, does his normal shtick and attacks him with a steel chair. After this, you have Lexi Nair backstage with Tony Nese and smart Mark Sterling. Uh, Sterling's upset about how he and Tony uh, have to face Hook at Double or Nothing. Tony Nese said that's fine, and when he gets to Vegas, put 10K on them. So this match is going to happen on the buy-in. This is going to get a lot of people to watch the buy-in because you got two internet darlings in Hook and in Danhausen, who I'm assuming will probably win, and then I'm hoping Danhausen takes that money and uh, spends it on uh, you know maybe a down payment for a blimp. After this, you have Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament Action, Ruby Soho picks up the victory in a quarterfinal match against Riho. I thought this was a fun match. Again, as me and Brandon kind of spoke about recently, it seems like all of these Owen Hart matches are kind of been predictable. I would expect Ruby Soho to to go on here. She does. She picks up the uh, 
Ruby smashes Riho with the Blade Runner and pins her to advance in the tournament. Next up, after this, a backstage segment with Billy Gunn and the Gun Club and the Acclaimed, which I thought the segment was just hilarious. Billy saying, you need a catchphrase. You need a hand gesture. The Gun Club recommending the suck it, recommending, you know, they got two words for them. And they said, uh, you know, they're never going to get over. And the Acclaim, I guess, are... Uh, the shining stars to Billy Gunn, as they say, you know, they have the scissor hand uh, reference. They have the yo, yo, listen. And every time Billy Gunn's like, that's great. That's phenomenal. That's awesome. Um, and then they all scissor at the end of it, which was uh, great. But the biggest thing is they have a match, not on Elevation. I mean, not on Rampage, not on Dynamite, not at Double or Nothing, but on Elevation on Monday. And they all, like, laughed and went nuts and scissored. And I thought it was great. It was a fantastic segment. After this, though, you have a, another an in-ring segment with Tony Schiavone interviewing Jade Cargill and the baddies. Smart Mark Sterling with his crutches and his ring uh, and his neck brace on afterwards. Tony Schiavone announces that Sheeta was injured in a Philadelphia street, street fight against Serena Deeb. I didn't really pay attention to it that well, but she does apparently in Japan. Um, apparently she went out on Twitter, said she's not injured. She's fine and she'll be back soon. So there was a, a disconnect, you could say, between the storytelling that AEW is trying to do and the real life that Sheeta was doing there. So whenever we see Sheeta back in the ring, it'll be uh, great. But, uh, you know, it was announced. Smart Mark Sterling saying it was his professional opinion that Red Velvet wins by forfeit. And Tony Schiavone says no. Matt, Tony Khan has replaced uh, her with Chris Statlander. And Chris Statlander comes out, shrugs her shoulders, and goes, hey, I guess we're going to fight next week. So first round action, it will be Chris Statlander versus Red Velvet. Now in your main event, or as Mark Henry likes to say, it's time for your main event. You have Scorpio Sky picking up the victory over Frankie Kazarian. They showed Ty Conti and they showed uh, Sammy Guevara with their... Uh, intergender triple A tag team titles too many times for my liking it was kind of the help of all ego ego Ethan Page blindsiding Kaz with a title belt as the referee was turned and Scorpio Sky lands a TKO and pins him but he didn't want to do it like that you saw Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page kind of get at each other's face Ethan Page asked Scorpio Sky which team he was on which then Scorpio Sky leveled Kaz with the belt so kind of keeping to that heel aspect to it that was uh, another fantastic episode of AEW Rampage let's uh, continue on here and let's go to AEW Dynamite Wildcard Wednesday from the Federita Center in Houston Texas I probably really butchered that and you start off with men's quarterfinal action in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament as Samoa Joe faces off against the Joker card there was a lot of people. Oh my God, is it going to be Claudio? Is it going to be Johnny Gargano? Is it going to be somebody else? You know, and I said it last week on the pod that it has to be somebody that Samoa Joe can beat because he can't bring a guy like Cesaro in. He can't bring a guy like Johnny Gargano. The Joker was Johnny Elite. And no, it wasn't Johnny Gargano. It was Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, John Morrison, Johnny Drip Drip. And this was, I think I was legitimately shocked by this. Uh, I thought it was a great addition to the tournament. And, you know, I don't know if, because they didn't put up the graphic saying, you know, Johnny Elite is elite. This was a great opponent. And I think they said it on commentary. This was the first time that these two have ever faced off. And they were great. It was very two conflicting styles of wrestling. 
but I think it worked really well with John Morrison hit some very cool parkour stuff. I know a lot of people are like, well, he didn't, he botched the 450. I don't think he botched the 450. I think he kind of landed on his feet and propelled himself over to hit the 450. Um, ultimately, it was Samoa Joe picking up the victory with a muscle with a muscle buster. Uh, and after the match, you have Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Saddam Singh come out and blindside Samoa Joe with a steel pipe. And then you have uh, the best friends, Trent and Chuck Taylor. By the way, Chuck Taylor, fantastic Hawaiian shirt. I need, to, I like the next figure he gets. That better be, uh, you know, the soft goods on the side. Rocky Romero and Sanjay Dutt come out to uh, kind of level up the playing field. Joe took uh, a beating, and now you get into a backstage segment with the Hardys. Talking to Lexi Nair, but they're interrupted by the Young Bucks. Jeff Hardy says he's going to win it all. And if the Bucks interfere in Jeff's match tonight, Adam Cole won't be the only one getting his ass whooped, as Matt Hardy likes to say. So they're kind of teasing a Hardys versus Young Bucks match, I'm assuming for Double or Nothing, or they might wait for that to go to All Out. Double or Nothing so far, I think, is getting pretty stacked. So, I mean, putting a, a, a dream tag team match that, yes, I know it has happened before. It was in ROH. We've seen it before. But to put it on a bigger, grander scale like AEW and the the notoriety that they're getting to put a dream match like this on pay-per-view TV for a lot more eyes to see, I'm about it. Next up, you have Hangman Adam Page. Canesta. Um, and this match was un. Believable. Kaneska is going to be a huge star. If I was Tony Khan, I would sign him to bring him to America, have him just as like a mid-card guy working, because it just kind of showed you that he could hang with the best. He hung with Adam Page in this match. Like there was parts where I was I was sitting there like, he could actually pull out a W. But then again, with CM Punk on commentary, it's like, you know what, you have to have admit Adam Page be like, hey. You think you're better than me. I'm going to show you that I'm still the best here in AEW. And Hangman Page picks up the victory with a GTS. So I'm hoping that he's giving Danhausen some rights to that. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Everybody relax. You, you see Adam Page getting kind of a little frustrated here, especially with CM Punk. Do you think CM Punk's gotten under his skin? Um, but I, this match was outstanding. And if you haven't watched it, go back and, and watch it. And if I, I apologize again about uh, trying to write things down phonetically and not knowing how to read, I could say. I, I don't know the English language. Sorry. But next up after this, you have Limitless Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland pick up the victory over the horse, the workhorsemen of J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. I want to say this was kind of a squash match because it was. I mean, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry did get some work in there. But ultimately, this really cool finisher... That's combo move being called the fall from glory. That big power bomb by Keith Lee and the double stomp ultimately handed Keith Lee and Swerve the victory. And Keith says he's afterwards cuts a promo saying he's got wonderful news. They're now in the top five rankings. And with that news, I do believe we shall get cut off by the FTW champion, Ricky Starks powerhouse Hobbs. They have a little bit of a back and forth. Then jungle boy, Luchasaurus and Christian cage walk out. And berate the other one. And they say they're going to challenge both of these two teams at double or nothing in a triple threat match for the World Tag Team Championships. I know Brandon mentioned this last week. Saying that, oh, people are going to complain that it's going to be another triple threat match. But it's another triple threat match against two completely different teams. 
And now you get to see Luchasaurus work with other big guys like Powerhouse Hobbs, like Keith Lee. We know how athletic Keith Lee can be. You know how athletic Jungle Boy is. You know how athletic Swerve, uh, Swerve Strickland is. I almost call him Swerve Scott. And you know how fantastic of a worker Ricky Starks is. So I think this match, you know, is going to be fantastic. And it's going to highlight an already fantastic tag team division in AEW. Next up, it's time for Wardlow to honor his contract stipulations as he took 10 lashes from MJF, who had the tannest hands in the world. Um, and he, Wardlow, no sold about eight of those uh, lashes. The ninth one he didn't uh, he didn't sell, and then the fans got behind him, and then MJF punches Wardlow and the kicks him in the groin, hits him with the dynamite ring, and then Sean Spears hits uh, Wardlow with a big C four, and you know they kind of celebrate. Sean Spears uh, pins Wardlow, and kind of hyping up the steel cage match that, you know, as a smart wrestling fan, I think we all know that next week. Wardlow is going to win the steel cage match. Wardlow is going to put on like a spectacle and it's going to be one of those MJF's the referee. It's going to be one of those one, two, and then he's going to have to wait there while Sean Spears is, is out. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting like 10 power bombs, maybe power bomb into the cage. Some real cool stuff here uh, to really knock out Sean Spears and really show Wardlow's dominance. So next up, you have another... Owen Hart men's tournament quarterfinal action as this is the first surprise because I, I said it before everything has kind of been very predictable when it comes to this Owen Hart tournament but Kyle O'Reilly picking up a victory over Ray Phoenix I think is huge for Kyle O'Reilly I think that's the first shocker of this tournament so and the match itself again we spoke about Samoa Joe and, and, and Johnny Elite earlier. Well, I spoke about it. Two conflicting styles. Again, this was another match where it was two completely different styles, and this match was great. You saw Kyle O'Reilly. He kept hitting that bottom rope to hit, like, the Nigel or whatever, the, the clothesline or whatever, and there was that last time at, at the end of it where he tried to hit that rope, but he just fell out of the ring because he was just, they were beating the living heck out of each other. Kyle, you know, Ray Phoenix went to go hit the the, the top, went to walk the top rope and take uh, Kyle Riley down with a Hurricane Rana. And Ray Phoenix was looking for a cutter and he countered it into a submission and made Ray Phoenix tap. So, like, I'm thinking here, like, could we see... Well, I got to talk about it once we get to later in the, uh, the show. But next up, uh, a segment that, in my mind, I think went a little bit too long was this Jericho William Regal stare down, which, you know, everybody got their back and forth. Everybody got their pod shots, you know, their cheap shots and nothing like that. And Jericho essentially challenges uh, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz to a stadium stampede. And Moxley says, nope, he's not doing it. Uh, we live in a different time and we want to do gang warfare. It's going to be five on five, a double or nothing. Eddie Kingston doesn't want to wait for it. And uh, Jericho does say so, you know, as the Jericho Appreciation Society walks off, you kind of see, well, it was 
Jericho and them kind of like getting into the head of their opponents, saying, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Brian Danielson said this about this guy, this one, and Kingston said this about that one. So it's like guys that aren't going to work together that will work together for a common threat, and that's the Jericho Appreciation Society. So don't look, like, next week, you don't think Blackpool Combat Club and Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana are going to come in. Well, I just usually say Santana before Ortiz, but regardless. You are going to see these guys butt heads again. And they're going to butt heads until this match. Maybe the Jericho Appreciation Society picks up the victory here. Uh, we'll see at double or nothing. It's going to be a, a wild gang warfare style match. After this, you had a, another women's tournament qualifier match for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. As Brick Baker is supposed to face off against the Joker. The winner of this will face Tony Storm. And the Joker was Maki Ito. Which I called last week on the show, I believe. Which was nice to see here. I thought it was fun. I thought the beginning of the match was great because they showed on the picture-in-picture. These the last time these people teamed up. They were at Revolution last year. They showed them winning. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, they hug. Everything's great. And then, uh, you know, Maki uh, does some of her kind of comedic shtick stuff, which I thought was very funny. They had a nice little match here. Um, you know, Brit taunt Maki. Maki fired back with a headbutt. But ultimately, it was my, it was Britt picking up the lockjaw uh, for the victory. Britt Baker advances, and Tony Storm comes on the stage and uh, kind of stares her down. So we're gonna get Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, I think, this week. I have the I printed out the brackets. So at at time of recording, it is so it's gonna be Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, Ruby Soho versus Red, the winner of Red Velvet and Chris Statlander. That's my bird. I guess my bird wants Chris Statlander. What do you think, Ollie? No? Okay. Anyway, so that's going to be that for there. Next up, in-ring in ring promo time with Tony Schiavone and Serena Deeb talking about how she's so sick of hearing about Thunder Rosa. Talking about all the idiots that think that she can't beat Thunder Rosa and calls out Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes walks down to the ring. She says, you know, you're an idiot. I can't believe you said that. You don't know the trials that she's had to go through. She said she had to do X, Y, and Z for a bunch of perverted old men. I guess that's taking a straight shot at her former employer. Uh, and then Deeb slaps Dustin Rhodes. Thunder Rosa comes down to the ring and bli- uh, was blindsided by Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb left for with Thunder Rosa's championship. So they're, they're making this feud a lot more personable. Personal, not personable, but also too, they have a back. They have a backstory with when Thunder Rosa was the NWA World Champion. All this is going to come to culmination at Double or Nothing. I see Thunder Rosa picking up the victory here. Uh, man, like what a promo from Serena Deeb. You know, make taking those. I mean, she has been through a lot. She mentioned her getting her head shaved. She mentioned her augmentation surgeries that she had, and you know, she still doesn't get the respect, especially this far in her career. I think she's phenomenal. I've always, I've always been a big fan of Serena Deeb. I think she's technically a sound wrestler, and now that she's being on a, again, on a bigger scale than like an NWA or the Independence, now she gets to do her thing in AEW. I think it's fantastic. Next up, it is main event time as Adam Cole picks up the victory over Jeff Hardy in an Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament qualifier match. Uh, but Adam Cole had the advantage very early here as he uh, attacked Jeff Hardy during his entrance. I mean, J- Jeff did try to come back, but I feel like commentary really did a great job of painting the picture that, oh, Jeff Hardy just got cleared to return today, so let's see how he does. 
Uh, ultimately, it was Adam Cole hitting the boom uh, and nailing Jeff with a one, two, three. Uh, afterwards, you have Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy confront Adam Cole, but then the Young Bucks get in the ring, and as the Young Bucks try to distract the Hardys, Adam Cole blindsides Jeff. Then you have Sting and Darby Allen run out, who, like, I don't know where Darby Allen came from because he just, like, bolted right into the ring. Like, they, they cut the Sting walking out, and then all of a sudden you see Jeff uh, Darby Allen, like, running in the ring to even up the odds. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish sprint down. Then you have the Young Bucks super kick Sting. Uh, the Undisputed Elite ganged up on St- Sting and smashing his leg in a steel chair. You kind of knew that they were pressed for time at the end when Tony Fernandez was like, all right, we're going to go. See you later. Ah. So um, we'll see where this goes from here next week. Does Darby Allen join the, the Hardys and they get two more people involved to face off against the Undisputed Elite? Or do we get, as I mentioned earlier, do we get the Hardys versus the Bucks again at Double or Nothing to just beef up this card more? Um, so that's AEW for this week. Uh, next week, we'll talk about everything that happens on Rampage. You have Chris Statlander versus Red Velvet in an Owen Hart Foundation women's quarterfinal match. Sean Spears will be in action. Fago Del Sol and the Dark Order face off against the House of Black. By the way, we didn't even mention, I didn't even mention the promo video that they cut, which was really awesome. Um, and then Matt Seidel and Dante Martin in a backstage segment on, Ramp, on uh, Dynamite Challenge, uh, Moxley and Danielson. So, that's already been taped. I know there's spoilers out there, but I don't pay attention to spoilers. So, on that note, uh, let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week comes from Creator Pro, the grand stage. Female wrestling action as Chelsea Green faced off against Sierra, faced off against AEW superstar Chris Statlander. This was a really fun match. I, I haven't really heard of Sierra that much, but I want to go now and try to find some more matches of her because she was awesome. Chelsea's fantastic, and Chris Statlander is just uh, you know one of the best female wrestlers uh, out there right now. I know this is premiering Sunday night on IWTV, so check it out. Um, it was a fun card. We spoke about it earlier in the show. So uh, on that note, uh, yes, Brandon could not be here, but he did send in his shout-outs. Shalom, Jace over here. And you're about to listen to my favorite part of the show, Brandon Shalom's. Oh, I mean Brandon's shout-outs. The first shout-out goes to Kevin James's Sweat the Small Stuff, which was his first comedy special all the way back in 2001. He was already known for King of Queens, but... I just think it's such a great comedy special. Some of the bits from that end up in King of Queens. Uh, I know it's a super random shout out, but it's <laughs> I randomly thought about it the other day and it's really good. It's on Netflix, so you could check it out there. Table four three is getting the next shout out. I think they're always like way too short, but they just released one with R Truth, Dana Brooke, and Carmella with their one thing being in common, the, the WW 24 seven championship. And our truth is just literally one of the funniest people I've ever seen on television to the point where I'd love to see him work with Larry David on curb your enthusiasm or something. Him and JB smooth going back and forth, I think would be absolutely hilarious. Uh, but check out the new episode on Peacock. And then the last shout out, John Silver, I finally found his figure out in the wild at Target. 
Chris and I spoke about it last week about how it's been like weeks of me trying to find this figure. And after I, I didn't get it back in April when I went looking, I turned to eBay and I made a lot of offers and nobody accepted it. Like, I think maybe two people sent me like counter offers, but they were charging some crazy outrageous price there. But I was able to find it. Now I own it. So I think that's awesome. I just think it's really funny because we literally spoke about how I'm having like the worst luck finding that figure. So I, uh, I own it now. So that's awesome. But those are my shout outs. Great shout outs as always. Secret. I uh, just dropped the audio file in and didn't listen to them. So whatever he says is, is fine by me. So uh, that's that for Brandon shout outs. And now let's get to it. Our Mark out moment of the week. Um, I have a bunch. The one thing, first thing that comes to mind, well, I'm the only one talking right now, uh, was Cole Cabana's surprise appearance at the end of FWF Live 3. Uh, very shocking. I like the fact that he was in his Brooklyn Brawler gear, and I, I maybe I said it earlier in the show. Um, I went to his merch table right afterwards and kind of professed my fandom to him. I'm a big fan of his podcast. There would be no marking out if it wasn't for the art of wrestling. Uh, so that was very cool. I marked out for Matt's ring gear at FWF Live 3. Very uh, Predator-inspired. If it bleeds, I kill it, which was very cool. Um, and, you know, just going to independent wrestling. Just having a great time. I, it was just a, it was a market. The place we went to for dinner, Lucharitos in Melville, if you're in the area, go check that place out. It's awesome. It's wrestling-inspired Mexican food. Dave had a drink called the Mysterio. Uh, very cool. So there is a couple line markouts. And then if you see the picture of the week, there's a whole bunch of markouts. Me standing with Chelsea Green, me uh standing right next to Hornswoggle, me, Dave and uh Dave and uh, the Deathmatch King uh hanging out too. Well not really hanging out, but you know. Going over and saying hi, because he's a very busy man. Uh just like how we all are. So we're gonna put a pin in it for right now. That's marking out episode five eighty nine. Thank you everybody for listening. You can find us on Facebook.com slash marking out, twitter.com slash marking out. YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 right? Maybe. I don't know. I'll get I'll get a text message. It is out 11 So we buy our merchandise, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Um, we don't thank them enough. Nick Matojo for our logo. Ring Rope Rebellion for our theme music. Um, and uh, anybody else? we got to thank Dave for being on here. Yeah. So next week, uh, Road to Double or Nothing. We'll talk about Double or Nothing. There's a bunch of other independent wrestling stuff talking about. And uh, Brandon will be back, so I don't have to do the show by myself. And until next week, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog, and I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, and good looks on the chocolate cake.